0: Hello, hello, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Beth Salafia, and I am the Director of Programming and Research at BioGirls. Just so you know a little bit about me, I earned my PhD from the University of Notre Dame, then was a professor at North Dakota State University for 13 years before joining the team at BioGirls. This month, as you may know, is Mental Health Awareness Month. At BioGirls, we are committed to helping girls learn about and improve their mental wellness. In fact, mental wellness is one of the four key pillars of the BioGirls program. During the month of May, we at BioGirls are doing a short podcast series to discuss mental health and wellness topics that are relevant to parents and adolescents in our community. Over the next few weeks, I'll be speaking with industry professionals in hopes to bring more awareness and understanding to the importance of mental health. Thanks to our friends at Bell Bank for making this series on mental health possible, and thank you for tuning in. Hi, everyone. I'm here today with Jennifer Janke. Jen is a women's health nurse practitioner and certified nurse midwife and has been working in medicine for 25 plus years. She's been at Essentia for 10 years in the women's clinic. She currently lives in Moorhead with her family, including her husband, Chris, and two teen daughters. She has been engaged in exercise and nutrition throughout her life and incorporates it into her daily interaction at work and social life. She also loves reading and playing with her two puppies who are always willing to exercise with her. I'm very excited to have you here with us, Jen. Thank you, Beth. I'm excited to have a little conversation today. Me too. So today, we're going to talk about connections between nutrition and mental health. Um, A growing body of research suggests that what we eat and how we eat it are closely associated with our emotions and our mental well-being. So to start us off, Jen, in the fast-paced world we live in today, what are your recommendations for children and teens, generally speaking, regarding nutrition? And maybe specifically with regard to that, their food intake. I
1: I, I do struggle with how fast our world wants to move and go and how it tends to put our nutrition on the back burner. So that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. So I... I really would stop right there and just say, how can we slow down our lives so that Mm -hmm. we can focus on nutrition a little more? I find it vital. And I feel strongly, if I could have any wish in the world, I could, at the time of hitting those puberty years, that sort of two-year process where our bodies start changing and we're moving into puberty, that we could have a meeting with a nutritionist or a dietitian because of course they are experts with where we can focus energy and, and knowledge about food mm-hmm. and the, the right foods for our bodies, because mm-hmm. that's the time when we need it and putting the right foods in your body is going to make you feel the best and food really is medicine. Mm -hmm. We need that medicine to help our bodies function the way they were intended to function. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very mindful about what we're putting into our bodies to feel good. And if we want to perform well, perform well in school or out on the playground, or if we're going to do a challenge like a 5K. Mm -hmm. So slowing down and being more mindful about the types of foods we're going to focus on, I think is the very first step.
0: Uh-huh. And if our so for our parents listening today, as they think about their children gro- going into their teen years or their teens currently, what, like, what would you recommend in terms of seeing a nutritionist or, or someone like that at what age and how often?
1: Well, like I said, that is a wish of mine, <laughs> but it's not standard of care, unfortunately. So right. it would have to be above and beyond sort of your well-child um, checks that you like to do with your primary care providers and other healthcare providers out there for you, it would have to be a step where you would seek that out. Or mm-hmm. as a family, you there's plenty of resources in our awesome worldwide web where you can get good information, not down the funny rabbit holes where we get wrong information or read about funny diets, but the right information, there's a lot of that out there. So as a parent, you certainly have resources at your fingertip, but you also have um, nutrition and dietetics at all kinds of medical facilities available too. So it's kind of a, right now you're a self-motivating thing. It's not going to be suggested
0: all the time. Right. And as you mentioned, I thought it was, you used the word, the funny rabbit hole, right? And so right. when I talk to people and, and they say, well, you know, what resources do you recommend? I always say, well, you know, you can certainly use the internet, but be careful about um, the pieces that you read or even when it comes to books. So uh, something that I always recommend is to look for um, a resource that's written by someone in the field, someone with some kind of degree or like a nutrition background or something like that. So like, you know, not everyone knows exactly the science or the... Exactly.
1: I agree and give the same advice. And I tell people too, if it doesn't sound quite right, it probably isn't right. So yes, (laughs) check your resources.
0: Exactly. So in an ideal world, I'm going to press you a little bit on this, Jen. In an ideal Mm -hmm. world, would you say that parents should have... Um, you know, maybe seek out a nutritionist or a dietitian early on in their child's life just to have a conversation? Or like if we had all the resources in the world, would you recommend like every year along with a wellness check? Or is it something that you feel like could just kind of come into play around the teen years as you're going through puberty? Again,
1: ideal world here. Ideal world. Oh, yes, that would be great if you <laughs> could. But I don't think that we have time to add a whole nother appointment mm. on top of an, all the other appointments that we need to get to. Sure. And so the dietitians in the world have recognized that and not that I've seen a specific site, but I have run into multiple sites where dietitians have given great advice and so of course on the popular um, social media tiktok or instagram you know you will find dietitians that have great advice on their quick little tips on how can you pack those fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. to take with you to this practice or this piano lesson so that you're putting healthy foods in that body and not putting in the foods that just inflame and make you feel less, um, less energetic. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I know a few years it was uh, many years back, actually, when my daughter was first started going to school. I I used the internet too, and I I was like, okay, well, how can I get her to eat healthfully? Like, I can cook meals at home healthfully, but at school, when you're kind of limited, and so there were lots of great resources I found out there and creative ideas for incorporating fruits and veggies and you know whole grains and things like uh, things that are are better for you than than other you know chips and things like that. So. Be creative, too, I guess I, I would say when you're thinking about lunches yeah. and incorporating those. Um, yes, foods. I will back you up on that, because <laughs> once you start doing it, it's actually
1: not that hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. OK, moving on here. Um, what are some common nutrition problems you see in children and teens and how are they connected to mental health?
1: it's really really powerful the nutrition in how that affects our mental health and it, more so than probably it's ever been told to most teens it's not a focus that's you know you'll find on your daily daily learning um journey so i really want to push and let people know there are foods that actually make you feel better and help you feel good inside and help you feel good about yourself and help you function, and feel confident. And there's also foods that can make you feel the opposite of that and make you feel really tired and really terrible. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be something that is learned really early. And once you learn it, you'll recognize it when you do eat the bad foods, when you do take that treat and realize, oh, I'm so tired now, or my muscles hurt more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did kind of Go through and pull out some of those foods that really will impact emotions too. If we wanted to chat about that,
0: absolutely. I was just going to ask the follow up there, like what what are some food choices or some nutrients maybe that do impact you positively? So yeah, I I think everyone that's listening would love to hear about those. They're not that
1: hard, and these have been proven. um, They have been researched and proven to really improve the day, something you should get in your body every day. And I'm not saying every single one of them, but at least a few off the list, because of course we don't like everything and you don't have to, but usually there's two or three or four items off of the list that you would find that would be easy to pack and you could bring. So walnuts, if you are not allergic to nuts and it, um, like walnuts they make you feel really great inside they help with all kinds of things there's broccoli there's dark leafy greens that which really incorporates spinach there's Mm -hmm. yogurt there's berries all the berries are such great high nutrients foods avocados Mm -hmm. tomatoes. Mushrooms, and I will admit, not my favorite. I do not (laughs) get those in. And then beans, beans are full of protein and fiber. So if you can incorporate these foods into your day with whatever others that you like to have, Mm -hmm. you're gonna feel really good. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, if if you started eating too much of these other foods, Um, you will feel terrible. So that would be more like things that have a lot of sugar because sugar is such an inflammatory process. It inflames your ability to feel good. And so depression and anxiety just ramp right up when you have way too much sugar. And sugar is all those refined things added into things. And so foods that also raise your blood sugar are going to be breads, like your white breads. So if you have your brown breads, they're not going to spike that blood sugar the same. Fried food, fast food, all of those have all those things that make you kind of feel down, draggy processed meats, which is like hot dogs or salami, the things that have a lot of chemicals to preserve them with high, high sodium. They can cause even manic episodes where you just mm. can't get yourself together and focus. Mm. So those are a few little tips of
0: things that will help our day. I love that. And I, as you were, as you were reading through the foods that make you feel good, I was like, oh, I love avocados and I love berries. And that was really good. And then you get to the foods that maybe, (laughs) maybe don't. And I was like, Hmm, I kind of like those too, but everything in moderation, you know, like it's, I understand what you're saying. And so like, don't eat too much of these don't make these like your lifestyle. I did have a quick question. Um, so a lot of people get like, kind of like this, a little bit of a, like a quick pick me up or like a quick high from eating sugar. Right. I mean, we get right. And so what what would you like to say about that, like that, that quickness or the eating sugar part that, um, that feel good component that comes first, but then doesn't last yeah. the, la- the, the
1: high from sugar. It's a real thing. It's been yeah. scientifically studied. It can be just as addictive as some of our, you know, the drugs that we stay away from. And that's why it's such a go-to such a quick thing. Cause you feel good for about five minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, it tastes good on the tongue and then it goes in, but then the crash happens, you know, really quickly. And that's when all the other things start to come up. And even two hours later, if you're having muscle aches, you're like, now why do my muscles hurt? I don't, what happened? Well, it was probably that increased amount of sugar that happened. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned moderation, I was like, yep, that's my key. That's always my go-to 80% 80% healthy, 20% your pick-me-ups, your treats. Yep, so yep. if you can balance what you're eating in the day to that, you're mm-hmm. still going to feel great.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much for saying that, because I think that there's this misconception out there that um, we have to just eat those good foods in order to be healthy. And so I'm always talking to people saying, no, you can't, you don't need to completely cut out those other foods, the sugars and things like that, but just- you know, you can replace some of your food with the healthier foods and then eat those in moderation. I love the 80-20. I think that that's, um, something that can really stick with people. It's doable and manageable too. And you don't feel deprived. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Um, so how can we change our eating habits to better support our mental health? So you mentioned, you know, some foods to go to and some foods to maybe use lesser of, um, But let's think about how we eat, maybe where we eat and how we prepare our food. So how can we change those eating habits to better support mental health?
1: If you're not already sort of doing this or trying to get your 80-20, your 80% healthy, it can be a big, huge change to your lifestyle. And so you have to approach it in a way knowing you have to give yourself a little bit of time and grace and patience that it will take a little bit and uh, don't feel defeated immediately. But the one thing that would help the best, the most would be if you had a partner or your family. So if mom and dad make changes, then it'll be easier to make changes. So if it's a team effort, Our success rate's going to be really high. And so you make little changes here and there. One suggestion is how about we only eat out one night out of seven nights or one day out of seven days. Mm -hmm. And or you pick one or two days out of the week where you have a special treat like ice cream or your crumble cookie. (laughs) Just pick one day versus every single day make yes. those little changes first and then as you start to feel better you'll realize oh i really want to choose these raspberries because that little cup of fruit loops does not make me feel good inside
0: it also doesn't last like that's that's a big thing too is that it doesn't you get hungrier faster and then you eat end up eating more
1: exactly your body just you crash and it's gone and you have no energy, you have nothing to pull from.
0: Yeah. um, I was thinking, as you mentioned, crumble cookie, I'm like, "Mm, that sounds good, but (laughs) something (laughs) that's so good. (laughs) It's so good. My little family of three does. I have a, a husband and a, and a daughter and we will get one crumble cookie and we will split it into three. And I find that that's like just enough to get that, you know, that yum factor without, you know, eating a whole cookie because those things are huge.
1: That was a huge eye opener for me. And when I was in there getting a birthday cookie, I think for my daughter, Mm -hmm. do you, do you realize that they, (laughs) when they give you their nutrition information is it's, um, the serving size is one fourth, you're actually supposed to cut it into fourths. Interesting. So 200 calories for (laughs) one fourth of that cookie.
0: Well, I guess I'm not far off then with splitting it. I thought that was not a at all strategy. I mean, I've seen people eat whole cookies and I, I guess I assumed that was the serving size, but um, I find that just eating little bits of, of, you know, treats like that are very satisfying. If you have that, um, you really want that treat that once a week treat or, it or whatever is. it is.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. The portion size might be another,
1: another, you yep. know. That's the next change you have to focus on.
0: Awesome. Sorry. Jumped the gun there. Great. No, that's perfect. (laughs) Okay. So we have um, working as a team. We have some portion size. Do you have any other um, suggestions on how we eat um, or how we prepare our food? I really recommend that if you're feeling super hungry...
1: And you're worried that you're going to sit down and gobble up too much all at one time. And let's say you missed lunch for some reason, or your lunch was really light and supper's rolling around and you're so, so hungry. And as we're working on these portion sizes, if you could eat an apple or half an apple that is full of fiber, it's not going to spike your blood sugar like a candy bar would or a bag of chips. If you eat that apple, you will then not have wasted all your calories, but you'll be able to also then eat your supper in a nice slow moderation and not overeat more calories than what you actually need. Cause it takes a while for our brain to register that we've put food in our tummy. Mm -hmm. And that's one of our biggest errors is that we just eat too fast. And so by the time your tummy, your brain realizes that you're actually full and you've had enough, you've overdone what is actually needed for your body. Mm -hmm. So That or drinking lots and lots of water. Mm -hmm. You drink an eight ounce glass of water and you first get out of bed in the morning. It helps that metabolism get going. And then um, eight ounce of water right before supper too helps fill that tummy up a little bit.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. And as you were talking there, I was thinking too about the fullness and the the feeling full. Um, So I I guess my next question then has to do with mindful eating. And so can you tell us a little bit about mindful eating, what that looks yeah, like, I and think what that means—it's what we're
1: lacking the most, as we talked about at the very beginning yeah. about our fast-paced world. It makes it harder to do this, and we've lost it a little bit. So, the sort of the definition of mindful eating is that you're you're focused on your eating experience. You're okay. really paying attention to the sensations of the eating experience and your thoughts on it and your feelings. And then you really pay attention to the foods that you've chosen and then how your body responds to them. So that's a whole bunch of words (laughs) to kind of put down to your um, eating experience, whether it be breakfast or lunch or supper. But it means you slow down for sure. You look at each item and sort of look at the the health value of it. Is Mm -hmm. this going to benefit me? And if you can say yes, then you know you're going to want to put that in your body. Mm -hmm. What we just talked about Mm -hmm. um, for mindful eating, you do not want to come to the table ravenous Mm because then you're not going to slow down and enjoy and really like get into the experience of your meal. You have to appreciate your food And then we get into the nitty gritty, take small bites. Mm -hmm. You make sure you chew everything and just really slow down the whole process. Mm -hmm. Eat nice and slow. And then you will then, you can then sort of even meditate on how this, what this food is doing for you. It's hard for us to do because it's not something we're used to. Sometimes we drive through the drive-through and we're handing out the meals. And the hamburger is gone in about two seconds. Yeah. But so one trick I do sometimes for whatever I'm eating is I try to, let's say maybe a hamburger is on my plate that gets cut into fourths and then you just eat the one fourth and then you take a break. Mm. And during that process, you do all the slow chewing.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that I think that's great. And the thought that came to my mind immediately, my my daughters are a slow eater. And but at school, they cannot be a slow eater, because they have like 15 to 20 minutes for lunch sometimes. And so uh, it, I don't know, it, it like runs contrary to what we try to do at home, which is, which is a little bit of a challenge. But I think if we, you know, thinking about the number of meals they eat in school versus at home, we can try to encourage the the mindful eating at home a lot more you know it is one of the number one
1: things that my kids struggled with at school was they yeah. would say mom I just I'm in line longer than I have time to sit at the table yeah. and so you're right that is a huge struggle and it I can't I I can't even imagine being the staff there and trying to feed all those hundreds of children In this short time period. So I guess our solution to that was we packed, we started packing lunches. We got fun little boxes to put things. So, you know, it divided up your food. And so, you know, your carrots could go in here and they wouldn't mush up your berries. And so that was kind of fun. The kids thought that was fun that they had their own little special container with stackable ones. So that little investment went a long way. I would encourage um, people to consider that.
0: I agree. I I do that too. And the other thing, as you were talking, I was thinking, fill up their boxes with the foods that are going to last longer. So if they don't have the time to eat all of their food, then at least they're putting good things into their body that that are going to make them feel good and give them the energy to finish the day.
1: Yes, exactly. That's the only real control you have over that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, one last thing before we sign off here, I I was, I read somewhere, um, back when we were talking about fullness and I read somewhere and I can't remember the exact number, but it was like, you should eat until you're, I don't know, 75% or you feel 75 to 80% full. So like, don't eat until you feel that like, Oh, like I'm so full feeling yes, right. stop a little bit beforehand. So maybe that's part of the mindful eating too, is that you slow down so you can recognize sooner when your body is starting to feel full. So you don't overindulge in um, the quantity of food.
1: I like to tell people to, and I have to tell myself this, eat until you're not hungry.
0: Yeah. Don't eat
1: until you're full eat until you're not hungry that's what your body needs that's what our brains need and even in our culture in the united states we're really bad at that mm-hmm. and when you do do that wow it solves a lot of tummy aches i will tell you that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep well jen you've you've left us with some really good tips and some things that i know that i'll remember and that have kind of stuck in my head the 8020 with the foods and the um, eating until not hungry. And I have a, a lot of notes that I took on, on things, to, <laughs> things to try um, food wise and strategies and everything. But before we say goodbye, do you want to um, do you have a general take home message or anything you'd like to hit home or leave our listeners with? Well, I really want to make
1: sure that everybody knows, you know, my, my training in women's healthcare and nursing, I really am not. The top nutrition expert because I really have some, I get, have huge respect for all the dietitians and nutritionists in the world. And they're highly underpaid and highly underused, for sure. They are a wealth of knowledge. and, it, um, But I really do feel passionate about, and it's something I incorporate into our medicine daily. And I see a lot of health problems because of mm-hmm. poor eating and how that is really a fix. It's not simple. I won't call it a simple fix, but it is probably the most cost effective way to make ourselves feel better. And you, you kind of took my, um, I'm (laughs) glad it stuck with you, but yes, like I encourage 80, 20, there is no fancy diet. That's anything better than eating 80% of your day healthy and 20% of your sort of pick me ups. And that is going to get you, um, to the right place forever.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's something that we all can remember and really strive toward. So it's a really tangible, you know, piece of advice. So thank you for that. Is there anything else or? um... Good luck to everybody. And thank you for having me today. Oh, thanks so much for it was a great conversation. And I think everyone who's listening will appreciate your tips. They, they sound really manageable. You know, they I think that they really are. And when you think about mindful eating and just really, I don't know, enjoy yourself, enjoy your mm-hmm. meal and, and don't make it hard. Don't make it right. complicated. The harder you make something, the, the more challenging it's going to be to actually do right. Yes. So that's great advice. And again, thank you so much, Jen, for our conversation and thank you listeners for tuning in.